We're continuing our um, sermon series on the word surrender. And uh, so today I'm, I've been really excited about this because um, I know that this is something that is, is becoming more and more common in Americans every single day. And so today we're talking about surrendering anxiety. And uh, why I'm excited about this is because my personality, I am not an anxious type of person, right? I'm a, I'm a very much go with the flow, whatever happens, happens, right? I'm, I'm okay with it, right? Um, and it's, Lucy's kind of the opposite. She likes a plan. Um, she wants it to be, okay, what are we going to do next? And so um, I've been really excited about this because through studying for this and praying about this, God has really opened to my eyes um, in areas in my life where maybe I'm not as easygoing as I thought I was. Uh, now, there's some areas in my life that tend to bring me some anxiety. And it, also, a fun fact, um, as I was studying this week, I listened to podcasts a lot, and two of my favorite podcasts were on anxiety this week, so that was kind of strange. Um, and then my friend said, hey, I don't know if you've ever read this book, but you need to read it, and it was a minister's book on anxiety. And so I said, like, okay, God, I, I hear you, man. God's trying to get something out here. And so, um, but I want to say this before we start. Anxiety is a real issue. Okay, it is a real issue that people really struggle with. And if you do struggle with anxiety or you're maybe you're naturally just anxious, it doesn't mean that you're wrong. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It doesn't mean that you're broken. Um, it, it doesn't mean any of that. But what I, and I'm not here to um, diagnose you or undiagnose you if you have anxiety disorder. I'm not here to do that. I'm not a doctor, um, but I'm here to tell you that God cares deeply for you. Um, and he has something to say about anxiety, and he wants to help you through it. Amen? And so I, this is a disclaimer. I'm not a doctor, okay? Um, and there's nothing wrong with you. I'm saying that God is big enough to meet the need of whatever it is you're anxious about. Um, amen? Let's pray. And I'm excited to, to get into it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, thank you, uh, first and foremost, for you just being good. Um, God, you are constantly good to us. You're constantly working on our behalf. God, you're constantly blessing us, God, and you're constantly drawing us closer to you, God. Thank you um, for that, Lord. We praise you for that. We praise you for the fact, Spirit, that you're here. We feel you, Holy Spirit. We want more of your presence. So, Holy Spirit, we pray that as we read these scriptures that you would interpret for us. Um, Lord, I pray that whatever it is you're trying to say um, to whoever it is you're trying to say to, God, I pray that you make it clear. Use me as your microphone, God. Um, and Lord, I just give you all the glory. Just sons, let me pray. Amen. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25. <clears throat> and I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. You can read along or just follow along with me. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, it says this. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Right, that's, that's easy, right? We're done. We can go home. <laughs> do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth more value than they? You absolutely are, right? Verse 27, And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to your lifespan? You can't, right? Verse 28, and why are you anxious about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, right? You guys know Solomon, very wealthy man. Even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Verse 30, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, 
which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Verse 33, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things, those things that we just talked about, will be added to you. Verse 34, Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself, Sufficient for the day is its own trouble, right? That sounds pretty simple, right? That sounds like somebody who isn't stressed out, someone who isn't worried, someone who doesn't have anxiety, telling somebody else who does have worries, who is stressed out to calm down, just forget about it, it's okay, right? Don't worry about it. That's, that's kind of what it sounds like, right? When I was a youth pastor in Texas, that was one of my favorite things to tell youth, don't worry about it, right? We would go on trips, hey, Donnie, what are we doing next? Don't worry about it. Donnie, what are we going to eat tonight? Don't worry about it. Where are we sleeping? Don't worry about it, right? And so it sounds like somebody is saying that to somebody who's anxious. Don't worry about it. And what I found is people who aren't really anxious, who aren't really worried, but they just want to know, they'll they'll just kind of go with it, right? Whatever. All right, Donnie. And it was kind of funny. Some of the youth got to the point where they stopped asking me questions. <laughs> they, they, Donnie, never mind, right? And they, would, and they would walk away. And so they just kind of went with it, right? They knew everything was going to be okay. But it's different. Um, it's easy for some of us, right? Like I said, I'm this natural um, go-with-the-flow type of person um, until I realize that there's some things in my life that, I'm, that I really have anxiety over, right? And so it's easy for some people more than it is for others to say, yeah, it's okay. Um, but when you look at the definition of anxiety, um, it, it might help you realize that there's some areas in your life that maybe you have some stress and worry over. So listen to the first um, definition of anxiety that I found. Anxiety is tense, excessive, and persistent worry or fear about everyday situations. Right? Let me read that again. Intense, excessive, and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. Okay? And so I was like, yeah, there's some things in my life that happen every day that I, I worry about. I just, you know, I, I got to get up and I have to do my daily routine, but I, I got to get this done and this done and this done. Right? Sometimes I don't stress about that, but look at this, this definition of to be anxious. To be anxious means you're experiencing worry, unease, or nervousness about an event that is to come or something with an uncertain outcome. Right? And how I realize that I have some areas that I become anxious about is um, I, I just paid my taxes for the first time as a self-employed man. Let me, yeah, let me read that. Experiencing worry, yes. Unease, yes. Nervousness about an event that is to come and something with the uncertain outcome, right? I experienced a little anxiety this past week, right? But the Lord is good. Um, I, side note, I don't think any man should have to go through paying taxes, right? I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it hurt. It, it literally brought pain to my chest. But um, going back to what I said earlier, if you struggle with anxiety or have issues of becoming anxious very easily, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that you're broken. It means that you are, according to a survey from 2017, are just like 18% of Americans who have been diagnosed with anxiety disorder. And the survey even said it should be more about 35% but people um, try not to go and, and be diagnosed with anxiety because they don't want people to think that they're crazy, right? So it doesn't mean that you're bad or broken. It just means that you're, you're about 35% of America, 
right? Um, and what you need to understand, though, is that God didn't create you to leave you with stress and worries and you having to handle it by yourself. God didn't, that, God, that wasn't a part of God's design when he created the universe, when he created you. That wasn't a part of his design for you to go through this world on your own and for you to handle all of your stress. God didn't, that wasn't in God's plan. And so if that wasn't God's plan, that means that God cares way too much about you to let you go through it on your own. And if that's true, that means that God has something in place for us to handle our stress, to handle our worries and fears and our anxiety. Right? First Peter 5, 7 says, casting all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Right? And so God has designed something for us because he truly cares for you. And it's extremely important for you to understand that God isn't the source of our worries and our anxieties, but it's the opposite. God isn't the source of anxiety. He's the source of peace. God is the God of peace. If you believe that, say amen. amen. If you've experienced that, say amen. amen. God is the God of peace. Psalm 29.11 said, The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. And so if God isn't the source, where does anxiety come from? In that podcast, I talked, um, um, I listened to The Art of Manliness, and they interviewed people, and they interviewed a doctor in Seattle who he specializes in patients with anxiety. And he says anxiety can happen for a few reasons. Some people are born with chemical imbalances, and they're just kind of born a natural anxious person, right? Some people, um, um, they grow up with highly anxious parents, and so their parents are running around crazy. They're going to grow up, and that's what they see. That's, what, you know, that's how their life is being shaped. That's kind of how my family is, but that's just California, right? We're just boom, 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 anyways. Um, but uh, another one, um, another way or another source of anxiety is um, it comes from a reaction to the circumstances that happens in our lives, to the circumstances that happens to us in our everyday life. And so some of anxiety can come from things like divorce, right? You go through a divorce, you're worried about the kids, um, you know, who are they going to stay with? How's it going to affect them? You're worried about money. Man, this is about to be expensive, or I got bills, and so now there's, no, there's this one income now. Um, maybe, you know, uh, you're thinking about your life afterwards of the divorce, and so that can cause stress and anxiety and worries. Right? Another example of bills, right? You're worried about not having enough money to pay your bills, and so you have to get another job, or maybe you don't have a job, and so you're stressed out about that. Um, and maybe you don't have retirement, so you're having to work longer and longer and longer, and you're tired, right? So you're stressed out, and you're worried, and you have to get another loan, and that means more debt, and that just adds more stress, and be- soon you become anxious about it. And soon, if you're not careful, anxiety can paralyze you. It can literally cause you to go inside and shut the door and kind of neglect things, right? And so some of these, some of these things, and you can say someone who has anxiety, they say, man, I have all kinds of reasons to worry, right? And you do, right? We all do. If you're alive in 2018, you have all kinds of reasons to worry, right? Amen? No, some of y'all, I guess, are, maybe I'm just preaching to myself this morning, right? Maybe you, maybe you guys should tell me how to get some of the stress out of my life, right? No, if you, have, if you live today, you have all kinds of reasons to worry. But believers, what it comes down to is what are you doing with your worries? Believers, what are you doing with the things that are stressing you out? Believers, what are you doing with your anxiety? That makes all the difference. God didn't intend us to, and to leave us with stress and a crazy-filled mind and with our anxiety. What Jesus is saying in Matthew is that our Heavenly Father desires 
and most definitely can supply and handle and take care of whatever it is that's causing you to stress. That's what Jesus is saying this morning. And y'all are quiet. Is it too hot in here? I need to open up the doors a little bit, right? Come on. Jesus, yeah. Jesus can, he's saying that the heavenly father can most definitely supply your needs. Most definitely supply your needs. If you don't believe me, um, let me, let me quickly talk about why people experience anxiety. And we're going to compare it to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6. It's like he goes on a full-blown attack against anxiety. Okay? One of the number one reasons why people feel anxious or they have anxiety is because they have a feeling that they're inadequate. That their self-worth is nothing, they're, they're not important, they're not good enough, they don't look as good, they're not pretty enough, they're not skinny enough, they're not thick enough, their hair's not long enough, hair's not short enough, beard doesn't look good, tattoos, car, house, everything's not big enough, good enough, new enough, and so your self-worth goes down and that creates, if you didn't get from that list of what I just said, creates some type of anxiety, right? I, I would ask you to raise your hand, but I don't want to see it, right, because I know how many of you have ever dealt with not feeling like you were worthy enough? Mm. Right? Let's look at what Jesus says. Matthew 6. Look at verse 26 again. Jesus says, Look at the birds of the air that neither sow nor reap nor gather into the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Right? I don't know the last time you looked around and saw a bird flying into a barn coming back out with a shovel to go plant a plant for him to eat on. It doesn't, right? The birds fly around, they float around, they sing songs, they're good to go. Why? Because they have trust and faith that God is going to provide for them. And if God is going to provide for them, Jesus is saying, you are worth more than the birds. Amen. You are worth more than the birds. Birds are awesome, right? Look at what Matthew 10, 29 says. It says, are two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are more valued than many sparrows. So not just a bird. You're, you, you, that means all of all creation. You are more valuable to God. And if God's providing for all of creation, if God is providing for the birds of the air, and you're more valuable than they are, what does that mean for you? God loves you. He's going to provide for you. That means that when you're thinking, man, I'm not good enough, God goes, man, you're the best. When you're thinking, man, I'm not pretty enough, God says, you're beautiful. When you're saying, man, I don't have enough, God says, no, you, you got it. I, I'm with you. I, I can provide for you. So when you're feeling like your, your self-worth is low or that you're not important or that you're not good enough, know that you are more valuable to God than anything else on this world. And God's going to provide for you. He knows you. The good, the bad, the ugly, right? Praise God that even though he knows us on our good side, and even though he knows us on our bad side, and even knows the ugly side, he still loves us. I got a lot of ugly, right? And I know some of you too. Some of you show it, some of you don't. Some of you have no choice, right? You're ugly, this shows, right? But know that God, Jesus says, your heavenly Father knows you. And he loves you. That you are so valuable to God. So valuable that he's willing to sacrifice the thing that he loves the most, his son, to die for you. Man, 
That's good, right? So remember that if you're feeling inadequate, remember that God loves you and he wants to provide for you. A second um, cause of anxiety is when we attempt to change things that we have no control over. Okay? Man, yeah, that's a, how many of you kind of have a little control issue? Go ahead and don't be afraid to admit it. Go ahead, right? So I was in a mission trip in Costa Rica one time, and like I said, I'm go with the flow. I don't, I don't care what's happening, whatever. But the people I was with were not that way at all. And it was about a five-hour drive from the airport through the jungle, no roads, rough roads, in a small van, right, packed up with luggages and skateboards and equipment. And uh, they said, oh, we've been going the wrong way. We're lost. And it's about 2 in the morning. I was like, right on, whatever. We'll get there. The people around me were, no, hey, what, what are we going to do? Who are you going to call? What's happening? And the lady that was running the mission trip looked at us and said, hey, I think it's, and we're all grown adults. She goes, okay, everyone, I think we need to eat a flexible brownie right now. And I was like, I don't know what a flexible brownie is, but the people that were with me did not find that very funny, right? And I thought it was awesome, but they did not find that funny at all. But um, we have anxiety because we try to change things that we have no control over. Look at verse 27. It says this, And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? You can't. Fix things in a constant state of worry. When things come up, right? And I'm not saying to neglect it, right? Neglection is a symptom of an anxiety disorder. But know that your worry doesn't add. It doesn't change the fact that whatever is happening is happening. It actually shortens your life, right? The more stress you have in your life, the more days that you're taking away from yourself, right? That, that leads to heart problems and anger. leads to all kinds of issues. So what Jesus is saying here is, look... When something happens like this and you have no control over it, I'm not saying eat a flexible brownie, but take a deep breath, right? You can't, you can't add to your life. You can't, you can't do it. Just sometimes things happen, right? So, um, but this leads to the third cause of anxiety, which is not having the faith enough to trust God that he will provide for your needs, okay? So something that you can't control leads to lacking having faith that God can provide for whatever's happening. Okay, look at verse 28. It says this, and why, um, and why are you anxious about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, right? And Solomon was very wealthy. In all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today's alive and tomorrow's thrown into the oven, right? That's how they cook their, their food. They threw the grass in and stuff like that. Um, he uh, will he not much more clothe you, O little, O you of little faith. Just like the birds, you don't see the lilies out there trying to cover themselves with a blanket, right? God's providing for them; they trust them. It's it, if you look, if you think about um, a flower, right? It's more than just Jesus is talking more about more than just clothes here. But think about it: when you plant a seed into the ground, into the soil, and it germinates, and then it sprouts out, and then the sun takes over, and the rain takes over. If you think about that process of a plant growing, that's straight up provision from God. That's God literally providing for that seed, and it's growing into a flower. And then all of a sudden, now you have bees pollinating it, and then allergies for your pastor. Right? But that God is providing for the lilies of the field. And why don't, they, why don't the flowers stress? Because they know God is going to provide for them. They have so much faith in the fact that God is going to do what God says he's going to do. 
Jesus said, God can meet all of your needs. All of them. But what happens is that we lose faith. Oh, you of little faith. So when we get stressed out and worried um, about, things and about the things that we need, we have, um, we have to have faith in God. But some of us lose it, right? And it'll look like this. God, I trust you. I know that you're good. I know that you're big. I know that you can do big things and awesome things and provide. But I don't think you're going to provide for this. Right? Or, God, I trust you, and I've seen you do many things in my life, but this situation is different. And so we lose our faith in God. So let me ask you guys this. Someone, please tell me in here, what is something that exists that God can't control? What is it in your life that you have seen happening to you that God cannot control? That God can't manage? Nothing. That's an easy one, right? 100% easy. Nothing. There is nothing that God cannot provide for you. There's nothing that God can't handle. There's nothing in this world that has ever existed, that will exist, that God cannot control and manage. So what that means in your situation, whatever, how hard it is or whatever it is, know that you're not the only one that's been through (coughs) and know that no matter how hard it is or how ugly it looks or how dark it seems, There's nothing that God can't handle. There's nothing that can stop God from providing for his children who have faith in him. Hmm. That's good, right? That's good. I hope it is. That's good for me. Right? Because I worship a God who who, uh, looks at the wind and waves, right? Something that causes anxiety if you've ever been on a big boat out in the middle of the sea. Anyone ever been deep sea fishing? You're just kind of naturally, you're a little more aware of things when you're out in the middle of the deep blue sea, right? You're a little more aware that when you look around, you don't see land anywhere. You become a little more aware of your surroundings, right? Especially when you dip down and water goes up and you're looking up at the water, right? You're a little more aware of what's going on around you. But I worship a God and I have faith in a God who tells the wind and waves what to do. And when he says, be calm, man, they listen. And so whatever it is in your situation that's causing you to lose faith, remember that Jesus is saying God can meet your needs. Mm. And the fourth reason why, and this is, there's many reasons, but these are the four main reasons why we experience anxiety is simply just having misplaced priorities. Misplaced priorities. Um, look at Matthew 6, It says this, um, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Here's the problem. We tend to take God out of the center of our hearts and the center of our lives and replace it with things like idols. Remember, we talked about this. We replace it with idols that we trust more than we do God, right? And, and even replace God with things like worries and anxiety. We replace God from the center of our life, not the number one spot in our life, but the center. Remember, we, we talked about how it's not right to think that God is your number one priority. God is your center, He is the center of your heart, the center of your thoughts. And if he's the center of your life, then everything else will fall in place. But why we experience anxiety is because we get misplaced. We misplace our priorities. God is no longer the center. Our our worries are, our our money is, um, the bills we have to pay, the the problems with our relationship, our kids and what they're doing at school, um, school shootings. And so all these things all of a sudden become more important in our life. And we get like this and we're trying to fix it all. And all of a sudden, where's God in our life? But God has to be the center of our life. Jesus has an easy fix for that. 
Because it's really easy to fall into that. Amen? Have you experienced that before? You get a little caught up in life and God all of a sudden is not, no longer the center. Jesus has an easy fix for that. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. Right? And that simply just means this, that you need, to have, you need to seek God's reign and rule in your life. Seeking the kingdom means you're seeking Jesus at the center of your life. Him ruling and reigning over your life. And when you see his righteousness, that's you living a life that proves Jesus Christ. You living a life after Jesus Christ. Meaning you're trying to live according to what Jesus has commanded us to live like. So our responsibility, Jesus said, do these things. Seek the kingdom and his righteousness and, and obedience and all these things, right? When it says all these things, all the promises that we've been talking about this morning. The provision. The fact that he thinks you're more valuable than the, the birds in the air, right? That God will provide even in the hardest, the darkest times, God will provide. All of these things will be applied. Um, but you have to seek God's reign in your life. You have to seek first the kingdom of God. Okay? And so our responsibility, when we have anxiety, our responsibility, seek to make Jesus the center of our life. Amen. Then his righteousness. What does that mean? Be obedient to Jesus' command. Very simple. Seek Jesus, be obedient. Seek Jesus, be obedient. Put Jesus first, be obedient. Don't let it be be obedient, then seek Jesus. Seek Jesus first. And his reign in your entire life. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided. God's responsibility is to do that provision. God's responsibility is to do the adding, right? He's adding those promises to our life. Our responsibility is to seek him and be obedient. Um, and so uh, how can we spiritually surrender anxiety? Like I said, I'm not here to... Um, Undiagnosed. I don't even know if that's the correct term or not. Um, I'm not trying to take away. If you've been diagnosed with anxiety, I'm not trying to take that away. I'm not trying to say, oh, you're fixed now. But spiritually, believers, we can do something about our anxiety. And uh, look at verse 34. And this is how you can do it. Verse 34 says this. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Right? Um, for an example, I did not grow up a very organized person, right? I lived in a house where, I mean, it was just full-blown chaos, right? I loved it. It was great. We had like 100 people living in our house. Um, I loved it, right? And once I left California and I moved to East Texas, I realized that's not how life is supposed to be lived, right? Um, everything kind of slowed down in Texas, and it's sure, same thing here in Tennessee, but everything slowed down, and I realized that it's probably a good thing to be organized, right? To be an organized person is a good thing. It isn't a bad thing. And so I bought my first calendar, right? And so I had a calendar for the very first time my freshman year, and I wrote everything down, my assignments, and I was like, man, I actually know when things are due, and it's awesome. If I turn them in on time, I get a good grade, right? It's awesome. So I learned all these things in college, but what I realized that now that I'm in a career and I have a calendar, man, that thing fills up like this, right? How many of you, how many of you keep a calendar? How many of you, it, it, you don't have a space to write anything on it, right? For like two months ahead of time, right? And uh, so, but what happens is it's easy for us to, to fill out this calendar and just think, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to do all this, right? It's very, very easy to do that. But in reality, what Jesus is saying is, hey man, even though you have all these things 
throughout the week that you have to do your number one priority is just to be with Jesus, right? Just to be with Jesus, um, to give Jesus that calendar. So what I practice now is that on Mondays, um, I, I literally write out the calendar. Um, I, I have like big events written out ahead of time, but I'll sit down and kind of here's my list of to do, and it just keeps growing and growing. And I say, God, I, I give it to you. Um, and when you do that, when you allow, when you don't stress about tomorrow and you give God your tomorrow and your next week and your next year, when you do that, God simply does a few things for you. One, he shows you what's more important in your life. Um, and, and I'll tell you, it's spending time with him. Um, but not only that, but it, it, he helps you throughout the week. I felt it. I've experienced this before. Um, I don't know if maybe you guys have, but I definitely have. But you hear, the number one thing for you to do to beat your anxiety, to surrender your anxiety, is you have to deliberately wake up Surrender to God. If you're going to spiritually surrender your anxiety, even with your week that's so busy, you have to deliberately get out of your bed and surrender to God. You have to make God your center of your life before you walk out of your bedroom door. You have to do that. You have to pray and talk to him and tell him, and that this is what your prayer should be. Talk to God and pray, God, I want to be obedient. God, I want to follow you. So guide me today. Here's what I'm stressed about. Here's what I'm worried about. Here's what I'm afraid of. Here's my anxiety. I trust you. I have faith in you that you will provide. So guide me today. And if you get into a habit of doing that, all of a sudden when your lunchtime comes around and you're starting to feel that stress of your work already, go back to praying to God. God, I've told you I want to be obedient. Here we go. How many of you prayed throughout the day? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you pray when you have uh, something good happen in your life throughout your day? Raise your hand. How many of you pray throughout the day when something um, is bad, like really bad, like a really bad situation? How many of you pray? Okay. How many of you pray when you just kind of feel a little stressed out? Not, I didn't see too many hands go up, right? Uh, but how many of you, when, okay, if the stress level is one and, and you're like, oh, I'm okay, and stress level is ten, you're about to punch a hole through the wall? Right? How many of you pray at level two? How, what about level four? What about level eight? How many of you praying? You're about to punch a hole, and after you hit the wall already, then you pray some more, right? God, forgive me. What would happen if you deliberately chose at level two or level one when you started stressing out? What do you think would happen if you chose to pray about what was stressing you out at level one? You think you would reach level 10? You might. <laughs> I'm not saying you're not, right? But more than likely, you're not going to feel it. God, I mean, you see what I'm saying here? We tend to pray when it's either really good or really bad. You have to deliberately make the choice to make God the center of your life and put your faith in the fact that he will provide for you. The second thing for us to surrender our anxiety is when you, like I said, when you start to feel that anxious, you have to, at the very beginning of feeling anxious, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek Jesus. Pray out loud. Read scripture. Right? Scripture is one of your biggest tools as a believer. Next to prayer. Right? And so what I've done um, at at the end of service, I have, uh, I just printed out just I think it's about 13 verses on um, anxiety and stress and God providing for you. It's about this big. Take it with you. Take it with you. You start feeling stressed out, pull it out, look up one of those verses and just read it. 
Go to the bathroom. If you're at work, go to the bathroom and pull out your phone. It's weird, but oh well. Read your Bible. It's better than you punching a hole in the wall, right? Read Scripture out loud. Remember that the birds in the air and the lilies of the field and how God provides for them and he, and he helps them um, not stress and they have no worries because they have faith in God. So seek Jesus. Seek Jesus. He cares more about you than anything else. Claim that. Claim that. Amen? You guys with me this morning? I don't know. Um, and so it's a, it's a short sermon this morning. I'm going to have the worship team come up. And here's our time of response. Um, I have to say this or I wouldn't be fair to everybody here. But everything that we just talked about only works for Christians. Okay? Every, all the provision from God, all this that I'm talking about only applies to those who have surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. Why do I say that? Because without Jesus Christ, you're not a part of God's family. Without Jesus Christ, you, you don't receive this adoption that the Bible talks about, that when we come to God, we become adopted sons and daughters of God. But that doesn't change, if you're not a Christian, it doesn't change the fact that God loves you. He still loves you. Matter of fact, the Bible says even while we're sinners, Christ died for us. And so it changes a little bit. If you're not a Christian, the provision and the promises of God don't really apply to you yet. And so if you're not a believer and you've never surrendered your life, today can be that day. If, if you're not a believer in here and, you're, and you've tried to go through life on your own terms and your own strength and your own um, uh, whatever steps in your head that you have to, to kind of make your life good, it can be better with Jesus. And they can only work with Jesus. So if you're not a believer in here today and you want more information about that or you want to talk about that, I would love to talk to you. We're going to sing a song and I'll be here to pray with you. Um, but I have a challenge for, for the Christians in here today. Um, I don't, you might not want to do this. Oh, well, I think some of you might benefit from it. Um, but when we're singing, Christians, I want you to think about what is it that you are truly struggling with? What is it that's truly bringing you stress, whether it's your health or the health of your, of your spouse or a best friend? What is it that you're stressed about? What is it that's bringing you fear? Is it that you don't know if you're going to be able to pay your next medical bill? Um, what is it that's bringing you anxiety? Is it the unknown or not being able to control things? I don't know what it is, but what I want us to do is while we're standing and praying and singing, I have some slips of paper down here. And I want you to come down and write whatever it is that's causing you anxiety. Um, we're causing you fear or causing you guilt or causing you shame. Write it down. Don't put your name on it. God knows, God knows your handwriting. Right? <laughs> you like that, Gary? <laughs> God, knows, God knows what's going on in your heart. But after you write it, what I want you to do is just come leave it at the altar. To surrender. There's nothing special about these steps. Matter of fact, people trip on these steps, right? But as you... Showing God that you're surrendering whatever it is that's causing you anxiety to him. It's you showing God, hey, I, I have more faith in you than I have worries about whatever this is I'm writing, God. And so there's pens and papers here. And I'm going to stand over here. If you want to talk to me, if you want to pray, I'll be over here on the side. But try it. Don't, don't be afraid. It's okay to do something new. Amen? Amen. Let's stand and we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you 
for what it says in 1 Peter, that we can cast all of our cares and anxieties upon you because you care for us. And God, I know we have all kinds of reasons to be stressed out, God. There's all kinds of reasons to have fear. There's all kinds of reasons to have anxiety. Um, so God, forgive us for allowing those things to take our, our faith in you away, for allowing those things to take you out of the center of our life. God, we surrender it to you. God, I pray that if somebody is in here today and they don't know you, God, they don't know who you are, they don't have a relationship with you, God, I pray that you speak to them. Holy Spirit, pray, uh, convict them right now, Spirit. Give them the courage to step forward. But God, I pray for all of us Christians in here, all of us believers in here, uh, that we would hold true to the promises that you made, Jesus, that our Heavenly Father will provide for our needs. So, God, I pray that as we come forward and we write down the things that we're anxious about or afraid of or whatever it is, God, and we surrender it, God, that you would truly do what you say you're going to do, that you would provide. God, we love you. We trust you. It's your sons and we pray. Amen.